There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. My next guest and I connected through the internet and realised our missions aligned. Based in London, this guest has practically been around the world and has a background in ecology and research, which has led to some amazing innovation that can save the world's oceans. Flavio Affinato is a co-founder of New Oceans. They have found a way to make flip-flops out of old flip-flops and plastic bottles recovered from the seas and beaches. They repurpose these materials to offer a quality and comfort comparable to that of the largest brands. They offer a unisex line inspired by the ocean that gives back to the ocean. Their mission is to clean up our oceans that are littered with tonnes of disposed flip-flops or thongs as we call them here and recycle them to become brand new so that they can be recycled again. If you know of connections that could support or connect Flavio and his team in their mission, please get in touch. Welcome, Flavio, to The Ethical Evolution. Hi, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. You are most welcome. Now, can you um, tell us a bit about your background and how New Oceans came about? Yeah, of course. So my background is actually not business at all. My background is, um, is research. So I... I graduated from uh, Imperial College here in London. That's why I came to London, because I wanted to study biology. Mm -hmm. What I was really passionate about from a really young age was marine biology. So I I was born uh, in Belgium, but I grew up kind of in Barbados for for a few years. Oh, nice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's very nice. That's that's why I know English like this, because I'm not, I'm I'm actually half French, half Italian originally. Wow. (laughs) Uh, There, I really developed this like passion for marine life, the marine world, the sea and the ocean. And uh, throughout the rest of my my young um, life, shall we say, through school, university, I always wanted to study marine biology. And, uh, and when I got to university, I took a good university over the specific degree I wanted to do, simply because it seemed like the right move to make. So I went to study biology in London. Then I did a master's in actually statistics and ecology, and I worked on climate change. So it was all really good, really good career move, and, uh, and I was doing very well, but it wasn't quite quite the topic I wanted to be working on. So after that, I took a research position actually working on dolphins in the Mediterranean. So I did the marine biology I wanted oh. to do, published some research, and that was going pretty well as well. But it still wasn't quite, I know, there's still something missing for me. I was, mm-hmm. I was doing the topic I cared about, but it just felt like I was, I was doing it Robert writing the research, publishing the article, and then that was kind of it. And, uh, and there was no real impact beyond that. So around that time, the, the guy I actually founded New Oceans with, 
is when he contacted me and he said, you know, what are you up to? Do you want to come back? Shall we start something together? And at that point, we had no idea whatsoever what that something was going to be, but we just knew we wanted to, to create something, some sort of startup that was going to do something good for the environment because mm-hmm. that's what we cared about. Yep. So actually, I, I came back here to London and, uh, and we spent a whole week pretty much in my mom's living room just brainstorming about all the big topics we knew, all the big challenges, environmental challenges we, we were aware of and just having a look at, you know, what, what can we do about them? What's the most, with our resources, with our knowledge, what's the, where can we go with what we know? And we started looking at marine plastics, ocean plastic, because it's just something that was cl- quite close to my heart, being close to marine biology. Mm. And started digging a bit deeper into it. We realized there's just this really big source of plastic that is completely overlooked because it's just really hard to work with. It's completely unrecyclable. There's a big mess of different polymers. No one does anything with them because essentially flip-flop foams, so flip-flop plastics, foam plastics, yeah. they're just terrible to work with, mm. but they contribute to a huge amount of ocean plastic pollution. So at the end of that week, we said, right, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to tackle. We're going to find a way to reuse these. And we set out to essentially create these new sandals that we were going to make out of those old materials. And we were going to design them in a way to make sure that whatever we make is also recyclable so that we can guarantee everything we make Mm. doesn't get thrown back out. And that's how we set out with that idea. Because we wanted wanted to create a better world and we wanted to have an impact on the environment. And we declared that was what we were going to do. And then... New Oceans kind of was born there and then, and it took a lot of turns since then. But here we are almost a year and a half later. Wow. Uh, working our way towards actually launching because we've managed to, we've succeeded. It took a while to work those materials. They were really, really hard to do anything with. So about six months really of product development, trying to figure out what we could do, how many materials we were working with and so on. And then we managed to make the first prototypes and the first models lately. And uh, yeah, now we're working towards actually launching these on the market and seeing what people think about our idea. Wow. So is it just the flip-flops that you recycle, no other plastics, or is it just the flip-flops? Well, mainly mainly it's the flip-flops because that's just the, the, the core challenge we've picked. But we also work we also work with some a bit of bottle sources because there's, they're, also, they're better for the straps because we make the sandals, there's gotcha. some straps on the sandals, and that, those plastics are better for the straps. But yeah, we, we focus mainly on the flip-flop plastics. And also with um, your background in marine biology, you would have seen the impact that, you know, plastics have on the marine life. Yeah, yeah, because I, um, I worked a few months in South Africa and I worked uh, a few weeks in Madagascar as well. And um, over there, it's, it's just way more visible than here. Because in Europe, we spend a lot of money on making sure our beaches are clean and no one can see any of the yeah. damage. Over there, the the holiday destinations, the popular tourist beaches, they get cleaned up as well because the hotels have a lot of money. But the everywhere else is just it's just so much, so much mess. Yeah, yeah. And I have heard that you know, um, in in the ocean, there's actual plastic waves, like just actual like waves yeah. made of rubbish, basically, which is so yeah, sad. Yeah. Some some areas are really really covered in it. I think the biggest patch of it is double the size of Texas or something like that. Uh, the, the, the um, uh, what's it called? Sorry. The Pacific garbage patch. Yes. 
something like that. And, uh, you know, the, the statistics say that there's about 8 million tons of plastic that go into the ocean every year. Uh, some, some statistics say 12 million. But to put that into perspective, what that actually means is kind of like the equivalent of putting five uh, garbage bags full of plastic on every foot of coastline around the world. That's how much plastic goes into the sea every year. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. What the hell are we doing? Like, wow, that's mind-blowing. And what you're doing is trying to reverse that. Um, So so what's the go with flip-flops? Like, why are there so many being deserted? Why are there so many? Well, because flip-flops actually, you know, you live in Australia, so you probably use them quite a lot. Because a lot of people are like, yeah, I really don't get it. But you guys in Australia, you probably do get it a bit better. But globally, there's 3 billion people that purchase flip-flops every year. Wow. Because flip-flops is just the most, it's the, 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 the shoes that most people wear in the world. Because mm. most people in the world don't live in, in England or in Europe or they live uh, all over Africa, Southeast Asia, um, well, Asia in general, and South America. Mm. And, <laughs> and over there, it's all, it's all flip-flops. Yeah. And they're cheap. They're really practical. And uh, yeah, so we just make plenty because the materials are really really cheap those plastic cost nothing to make but they're also really bad because mm. they're to make because they're completely unrecyclable really easy to just churn out and then there's the there's just the double effect of people having a lot of them and then the fact that a lot of people don't really see them as remotely valuable so they just get dumped after a while or once they start breaking because some of them aren't made particularly well so they break and then they end up just dumped and because they're not recycled, if they end up dumped in a landfill or whatever, you get a rain, you get a monsoon, and then they it's just end up away. straight into mm. Wow. That's like, yeah, that's mind-blowing. I never would have thought that until I met you. That's just incredible. <laughs> so as far as um, your mission goes, how does it stand? Like, what's your goals? What's our goals? Yeah. Very good question. <laughs> well, our actual goal, what we want to see in the world in the long term, is is really a planet where all life can thrive. That's that's what we are deep down. That's what we are about. As a as a company, what we work on is uh, is putting an end to the ocean plastic crisis. So we are we are aware that what we do isn't the solution, but we are really really glad to be part of the solution because we we have brought this. Um, this big problem to light that most people don't even know about. We have offered a solution that can be implemented straight away. And um, yeah, what we want to see is really is really an end to this, this pollution, but people, people coming behind us, people starting to realize from the from the get-go, because cleaning up is is great. It's it's a move towards a better place. But if we don't turn the taps off at the source, mm. no amount cleaning is going to make any difference it's exactly keep, right yeah there's, there's nothing you know there's only so much we can clean up mm. and I've, I've seen you know through your social media that you know the the message that you're spreading of people just cleaning up beaches all around the world and just bags and bags and bags of stuff you know uh, mm. going from a, an absolutely littered beach to cleaning it up in piles and piles of um bags of rubbish and also I saw the one where the guys got the big boxes of cigarette butts. My God. Like, people, stop it. Yeah. Uh, no, there's plenty of people doing something about it, and that's mm. really, really great. 
I mean, we wouldn't exist if we didn't work with uh, with people who actually already do the cleanups because we we right now don't do the cleanups ourselves. We work with people in Thailand and Indonesia mm-hmm. while themselves you know, committed. They're interested. They want to make a difference, and they go and they pick up all this stuff. But they just don't know what to do with it because companies, big companies like Coca Cola, um, even Adidas, even those kind of companies, they'll come in, they'll buy all the bottles because they're they're nice, they're nice plastic. You can easily reuse it, and from that you can make anything. You can make new bottles, you can make shoes, you can make t-shirts, you can make whatever. Yeah. Um, but other plastics that we use, they just they just keep piling up, so they don't know what to do with them, mm. and uh, and that's where we're lucky because we we come in to support them, and in the same way they support us through through their work. But you know, all over the world, there's been there's been big movements. There's um, there's this beach, for instance, in in India called Vasova Beach, that used to be full of garbage. It was essentially a dump. It yep. was a complete dump. And um, there's a lawyer who started cleaning it up, and over time, people joined him. And for the first time in five years, they've had turtles come back to that beach. And oh, it's wow! Big. Wow, that is amazing. Um, so you know, looking at um, and I think that's that's probably where you've hit the nail on the head is, um, you know, you, you're actually bringing innovation to the table to uh, recycle more things um, and, you know, keep uh, reusing um, those things that have been collected. So do you think yeah. that needs to be more done um, in, you know, what you said people don't know what to do with this stuff once they collect it? Um, you help connect them with ways that that can be recycled? Yeah, I think there's a there's a few different a few different places where where we need to come in, and obviously we've picked the one where you come in after it's picked up and to innovate on new recycling techniques and new using methods. But um, there's there's work to be done both on the waste on the on the amount of waste that's being dumped. So you actually, as I said, turn off the taps. There's work to be done where we are, which is to pick up and reuse. There's also anyone who does anything needs to think about the end of life. Because, you know, obviously that we're going to pick up and reuse, but you need to make sure that whatever you pick up and reuse actually stays picked up and it doesn't go back. So there's, there's work to anyone who makes anything new and any company who operates right now needs to think about what happens at the end of the life of their product. Does it yeah. get dumped? Does it get recycled? So you really need to, and that was a big thing for us. We had to design our stuff with in mind that we would need to reuse it. So that's something that needs to come in straight at the beginning. The design for the end of the life needs to come in at the beginning on top of the innovation for new materials. Mm. And, and then we just need to find we just need to find alternative materials. We just need to find things that don't come from plastic that will be just as cheap for anything we make new, right? Because we we also use some new materials because we can't we can't use just ocean plastic waste because that's not it's not super hygienic, so we want to make sure that people don't end up walking straight on the plastic. So we've we've used some extra new materials, and those are completely natural, completely renewable. But we need to find ways of making those competitive with modern plastics, because otherwise big corporations, they'll just keep banging out the cheap stuff. Mm. And people do like cheap stuff, and there's nothing wrong with liking cheap stuff. But you need to stop making, start realizing what that means and be responsible for it. Yeah. So do you plan to do any outreach outreach with, you know, big brands who create, you know, flip-flops or slides or anything like that to, to actually tackle this problem at the source? Yeah, I think um, once we, we go a bit further, once we start launching and people start noticing us, we do, we do intend to look at uh, other larger brands who 
who have a lot of offcuts because offcuts is you know when you make when you make a flip flop usually you just cut oh, it yeah. out of the the sheet yeah and that sheet some companies are actually pretty responsible and they already have ways of reusing these offcuts but a lot of them don't and they just this is just waste really mm. <laughs> so as your flip flop is made there's already waste before you've even worn it and dumped it yeah so we'd we'd like to come in there to see with companies where we can get where we can get their offcuts and even collaborate with um with companies that are already doing a lot of work. I mean, the first one that comes to mind, for instance, Patagonia, they are they are an extremely successful and extremely responsible company. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to do them, for instance. Yep. And that's so great because I think you can actually change an industry with this, um, you know, and, and we're seeing a lot more consciousness around the production of, of, of shoes in particular, um, yeah. but also clothing. Um, and I think this this could really take off. Yeah, we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. Um, that's the plan. Yes. So, um, with the the you know the cleanup that's happened so far, and and you know what you've managed to achieve in you know creating a new product from from something old, um, what kind of impact have you made so far? Well, we tend to measure our impact um, in kilos, essentially, because that's just the simplest simplest mm. way of measuring what we've uh, what we've removed. And right now we've got about seven tons of uh, flip-flops that are, are just, we haven't reused all of them, but we've, we've got them stored, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> so we've reused, we've reused a fair amount of them, but the rest are just stored waiting for, our, for us to process them. So right now that's, that's the best way for us of measuring our impact is how much we've, we've picked up. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Seven tons of flip-flops. Yeah. And that's not that much. That's really not that much. Really? We're still... We're, we're way, way at the beginning. You can get much, much more than that. Yeah. So, um, you know, you were saying before about, you know, getting uh, product, or well, not product, but waste in from, um, you know, certain regions. How far do you, yeah. do you spread around the globe? Um, right now, we mainly operate in Thailand and Indonesia is where we have, where we actually work. But we do have contacts in, uh, in Brazil and Kenya as well. So mm-hmm. we haven't started working over there, but we know what the situation is over there. Um, Thailand and Indonesia are just, well, I mean, all of those countries are perfect sources for this material because mm. it's, it's all over. It's, it's, not, um, it's not that we picked one because there was more than the other. It's just where we had the contacts that made it easier for us to work with. Yeah. So that's, that's why Thailand and Indonesia. But, uh, I mean, we went to Brazil and we met some people over there as well, and the situation is just as bad. Mm. It's, uh, it's really, really, really littered. It's easier to work with Southeast Asian, Southeast Asian countries simply because they're also putting a lot of effort into it. The amount of um, work the governments of Indonesia, for instance, and Thailand and Vietnam are putting into recycling efforts and uh, waste management is is really, really big. Yeah, uh, Those countries are really putting a lot of effort into it. And it's really great to see. And, you know, even when we go there, sometimes in the, in the schools or in the, in the, um, even in tourist areas, there's a lot of awareness. There's a lot of teaching, you know, don't, don't waste uh, um, your wrapping. Don't just throw it on the street, or don't use a plastic bottle. And some tourist uh, tourist tours. Um, I mean, recently I had a friend who went to the Philippines, and uh, and he told me when he was uh, when he went on the boats over there, he was not allowed to have plastic bottles or plastic bags. Like they he, they would not let him on the boat if he had those. So um, they're just that's that's also a really big reason we work over there is because the the mindset is yeah. is shifting, being responsible in Southeast Asia. That is so awesome. Um, you know, and I've, I've heard that a lot as well, that um, 
you know, in, in, in Indonesia particularly, you know, like Bali, that area, you know, the waste yeah. has been incredible. Um, but there's also a really high awareness um, in, in mm. turning that around. Um, and I've heard that from other guests as well, you know, and they've they've been working on this problem as well of low waste yeah. and no plastic. So, um, and here in Australia, um, there's you know all nearly all of the states have mandated no plastic bags anymore in um, supermarkets. So, you know, this is great. This is great stuff. And also, you know, things as simple as coffee cups. You know, reusing you know, keep cups, those kind yes, of things. that is extremely simple. <laughs> I'm a big advocate for that So, because um, I love my coffee. Um, but um, what do you reckon has been your biggest challenge in what you've done so far and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I think, uh, well, the very first challenge was, as I mentioned, us saying, oh, we're going to reuse these materials and uh, because no one else is doing it. So clearly this, this is... This is uh, this is a problem. But then when we click, quickly came to realize why no one else was doing it is because they're just really, really hard to work yeah. with. So that was our first challenge, but that was more of a technical challenge and coming from a science background and so on, even though we didn't know much about plastic polymers, we learned quite quickly and we went to a bunch of universities. We spoke to some people. So it was a big challenge, but from just from going out there, bringing our materials to scientists and to people we knew and being like, can you tell me what this is? How does that work? How would I recycle it? And then working with a bunch of recyclers um, here in Europe, one in Indonesia, and even speaking to some American recyclers, we quickly got a good sense of what we could and couldn't do. And then we were just lucky enough to meet this professor in the university in Thailand who actually had, was quite a few steps ahead of us in how to reuse these materials. Wow. So we approached him, we were like, oh, like, how are you doing it? What does it look like? And when he told us, oh, this is what I do, this is what it looks like do you want to work with me? We were like, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> that, yeah, word of mouth of scientists. But the next the next biggest challenge and the one we're still kind of dealing with right now is actually more on the manufacturing side of things because once we decided to make that product, once we had succeeded in getting all these supplies working and finding, finding all the materials from all the different people, um, then we had to make, make those sandals. And actually finding a company that is willing to do something different, do something they're not used to and do it at a very small scale at the beginning because mm. we can't just, produce. we had to test stuff and see what was actually quite challenging. And even to this day, we only have two people working, two factories essentially working with us on the, on the prototypes and the last models. And uh, we're really fortunate to have those guys, we're really happy to be working with them because they really, they work with us because they like what we do. And they have been really accommodating and really willing to, to go the extra mile. But that is still quite challenging to this day where, you know, they're quite busy. They have other things to do. Yeah. And uh, we don't have many alternatives because we're so small and because we don't have a client base and huge orders yet. I would say that is, that is clearly a big, big challenge. And then the next one, the final one that, really, that we're also dealing with right now is getting our name out there, getting yeah. people to know what we're doing, getting people to be aware that, you know, this is happening and this is a cool story they could be, they should be aware of and can share and do something about if they want to. So that's, that's the, the biggest challenges. Well, that's why the ethical evolution's here, Flavio. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> um, that's exactly why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So we are, we are definitely uh, on your mission and uh, we, we are definitely aligned. So uh, we will be um, sharing your story 
And um, if there's anybody listening to this who can, you know, help out um, with production or, or even connecting you around the world, I think please get in touch with us because, uh, you know, this is something I think we need to amplify around the globe. Yeah, it's it's all teamwork. We mm. wouldn't be here if not for the people we've met and the people who supported us and, yeah. Yeah, and you know that's that's the whole thing with the ethical change agency. We're all about collective change, and um, and that's how we make that change is together. So um, mm-hmm. we're we're hundred percent behind you. So I need to ask you this question, and I ask everybody this because I love getting the different answers. Okay, can you define what being ethical means to you? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think to me, um, the word ethical. There's 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 a few different things that come to mind. There's there's equality for one, that that is is important for me in in ethical. There's there's an element of social justice and there's an element of environmental justice as well. Just because I think those things come together. So I think ethics. There's a sense of doing what's right, what's good, what's universally seen as the right thing to do, and um, and for me, out of the right thing to do is is equality of rights for everyone and you know no matter your gender your color your orientation all of that i think if we don't have that to start with we're not going anywhere so mm. i think that's that's the basis of uh, of, eth- of of ethics is equality for everyone and then then building on that i think there's there's a need for social justice because i don't think any kind of change can come if some people are left disenfranchised or there's a huge wealth gap or that, that kind of stuff because people can't care about bigger problems if they have, if they have their own, you know, social struggles. Mm. So there's, there's some, the, another element of ethics is to make sure that people are, are equal socially as well, not just in their rights, but in their, in the, their lives as well, that mm. we don't have this huge wealth gap and uh, uh, biased justice systems or, or whatever, you name it. And uh, yeah, and then I think the final thing of ethics is the next level up from social social justice for me is environmental justice, because I think that this is something we all rely on equally. And only if we are all equal in society and in our rights, can we really care about having this environment that works for everyone. And then I think it's ethical to care about each other about our roles and about the planet. Wow, you summed that up nicely. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And and you've really got a good point there that no one has brought up before and that is, um, you know, it made me think about, you know, if people have um, similar values, um, particularly when it comes to environment and um, equality, um, we're going to care more about the same things. Mm. So... And that's, I think, where, you know, we have that difference um, around the world is some people just don't give a damn and others are really aligned to the values of caring about our planet. So, yes. yeah, you've really hit something there. Yeah, well, I, that's what I tend to find. You know, people who work in environmental issues, they, there's, always, there's always a background of social rights, human rights, social mm. equality and all that kind of stuff because we're – you have to work together and you can only work together if you if you have care and respect for each other. Mm, love it. So what are your future plans for New Oceans and expanding the mission? 
Um, our future plans. So I would say, as I mentioned, the first the first one is to launch our products um, on on the market, as they say, to see what people think about them, to get yep. some feedback, what we can improve, and um, and to do that, we're we're planning to probably launch a crowdfunding campaign. Mm-hmm. I would say one. Our next plan is is that this year, either the beginning of the summer or the end of the summer. We haven't set on a date quite yet, but we're looking to to build on that to launch a crowdfunding campaign to really help us get this momentum going, mm-hmm. so that we can we can get out there and start start really on our journey and you know pay our bills as well because yeah. <laughs> there's always that tension when you run a startup. And uh, and then the next big thing is actually some idea that um, came a few months ago when we were. We were actually chatting with a with a children's book author, and um, and she was she really liked our story. She liked what we were creating and so on. And um, one of the aspects we think is really important in dealing with the climate crisis is actually education. Mm. Um, yeah, and when we were chatting with her, we just realized I made this this joke about oh uh, the story of Flippy and Floppy, and then she thought oh that's that's a pretty good idea. And then we talked about it a bit more, and we realized she could write a short story book. For, for children between six and six and eight or five and eight years old, yeah, that used used our, our flip flops as characters to tell the story of ocean plastic pollution and in but in a really light hearted happy way yep. of what children can do about it. And we thought that's a really cool idea. We'll take that on. We'll fund the whole thing and everything we make on top of that. So that this this book is something that's already been written and that we actually. We found a way of printing it on materials that are completely recyclable, use no water, completely waterproof. Like we've we found this really cool thing for the, the book as well. Wow. And, and our plans for that, once the flip-flops are running and so on, is to release that book totally not for profit. Mm. And any money we make on that book gets reinvested in uh, other education programs in countries we work and further beach cleans in the the places that need it the most. So I think that's that's part of our bigger vision is that we, we start with these flip-flops and what we do with the materials and so on. But then we want to go one step further and actually tackle the, the problem, as I mentioned, at its source and, uh, and give back as well. Give back because we're not here to make millions of thousands of profits. I love that. I so love that, paying it forward. And, um, you know, I think a lot of these problems that we come across is that the education was not, you know, a mandate when, when we were kids, you know, it wasn't part mm. of um, our growing up. And so we just didn't have that understanding and those values and look at where we are. <laughs> but I think <laughs> we've got the chance to make the change now. And, um, yeah, yeah, I think the other thing that I've seen is um, a lot of um, the younger generation now are, are really um, – they really care about the planet. Um, if you look mm-hmm. at, I mean, um, you know, Greta and all of the the younger generation who are out there and they're fighting for climate change, um, you know, they. I think the planet's in a much better place with them. Yeah, no, for sure. The the younger generations, and I mean, I'm I'm kind of there as well, still a bit older than them, but not yeah. quite <laughs> quite uh, <laughs> in, the, in the previous generation either, but. There's definitely a much bigger awakening. They get told straight away and they get to see it straight away. And there's still this passion for what's right mm. and act upon. And they're not quite cynically resigned to there's nothing I can do about it yet. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of movement. And But even in, in older generations, now people, companies, if even just driven by profit, they're starting to see that if they don't shift, mm. they get clients. Yeah. So... That's also a really, a really big, 
really good move. Yeah, and I mean, there's, and I I know I, I use the title of this podcast a lot, but it actually is becoming a movement. The ethical evolution is starting to happen um, around the globe. Everyone I talk to, I've actually heard them using that term, and I'm like, hang on a minute, that's the name of this podcast, <laughs> because people are making a shift, they're making a change in the decisions that they make, um, not just in their everyday life, but in the way they do business, and and this yeah. is how it's got to change. Yeah, I think individualism has only got us so far. And there's a big there's a big shift in and as you mentioned in business as well. People are starting to relate to each other as people mm. instead of numbers. Check. Yeah. And numbers. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and that's that's the change we want to see as well. That's the change we want to be part of. And uh, and I think that's that's a really big, really big deal and really happening thanks to the climate um, conversation as well. Mm. Yeah. So um, how can people support the greater good and get involved in uh, what you do? Oh, well, that's, uh, I think there's a few different things. Well, obviously, stay in touch with us. So follow us on on, uh, on Instagram. I'd say is the best place to to get the up-to-date news. So that's New Oceans with a U, LTD at the end, New Oceans LTD. And uh, and on our, our newsletter, because we're about to start a newsletter as well to let you know about what, what's up with us, what's up in the greater world of... Uh, ocean plastics and, and flip-flops specifically. So on our website, newoceans.com, there's a newsletter that can be, you, you know, just drop your email and you'll get probably monthly, monthly email letting you know what's going on. But if there's anyone who's got more direct expertise or, or contacts or anyone that has any ideas, even if it's just ideas that mm. they think could be useful for us, definitely get in touch with me on, uh, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's really good for that. Or just get in touch with the page, the Facebook page. So that's New Oceans for the Facebook page or Flavio Afinito for on LinkedIn, either either of which I will answer. Yeah, awesome. And uh, no doubt uh, we'll keep an eye out for that crowdfunding campaign because, you know what, I reckon you could just put those things for sale on your website and they're going to go like hotcakes. <laughs> yeah, that would, be, that would be really great. Just, you know, the, the idea that people love what we do and that they want to be part of it, that's that's what we that's what we want to see really yeah i'd buy some and then i'd go and tell everyone about it <laughs> <laughs> thank you now um i always ask people this question too and i love this question i'm so glad i came up with it what's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life mm, good question um i think that's a challenging one to, to put in just a <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, a, there's obviously there's a few different things that come to my mind but I think there's um, the, the end to this to this big this, this system of individualism that's, that's created these huge injustice in everything in our society in our environment just these, these mega corporations that only care about numbers as we were saying and you end up with huge companies of clothing that kill people, mm. essentially, their factories. And um, huge dairy industries that make farmers poor, mm. but produce millions of millions of liters of milk that are worth nothing. And that you end up finding in Pringles, of all things. You have milk in Pringles, mm. just because trying to sell that stuff. So all these completely ridiculous, unnecessary damaging things that are only driven by profit 
and the want to keep money flowing and keep money going is what I would want to see go away. Yeah. The of profit over anything else. Success being seen as money over everything else. Mm. Oh, yes. I love that. And you <laughs> you actually made me think of um, I on another podcast once I, I interviewed this woman who helps um, homeless women and, um, you know, women who needed clothes, you know, and she actually approached the big um, department stores and, and you know, the, the producers of these clothes that, you know, they had seconds, things they couldn't sell, they weren't, you know, in fashion anymore, whatever it might be. Mm. And what we found out was that instead of helping people who actually needed this stuff, they were burying it in the ground. They were dumping it and covering it up. Like, mm. how insane is that? Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing with food waste. It's the same thing with here. Everything that doesn't make profit is just buried rather than shared. Yeah. Like, if you could do something good for someone and it's not going to harm the planet but it's actually going to help someone, yeah, you're not going to make profit out of it but you're not going to kill the planet either. Like, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Like, really? Yeah, no, I totally agree. If it's a, it, at no cost to you mm. and you're still doing it, there's, there's something that's not working in your company. Yeah, well, it probably would have cost them to dump that stuff. No doubt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I just, yeah. just insane. The, the stuff that goes on just blows my mind and the change that we can create I think is even greater. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, you know, you are an incredible guy, Flavio. Thank you so much for Thanks. joining us um, because um, I can't wait to see those flip-flops. <laughs> yes, we're working hard. I think in the – Give us two, three more weeks and we'll have the final models and we'll start sharing those online and uh, then we'll build our way to, to the crowdfunding and make sure we can deliver. Oh, well, you'll have to let me know as soon as that happens and we'll, we'll share the message for you. Great. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Now, if people want to jump on your website, what's the address? Oh, that's New Oceans, but N-U is N-U, Oceans, the way you spell it, dot com. So right. just newoceans.com, that's our website. Awesome. Thanks so much, Flavio. Thank you. Thanks, Lindy. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Welcome to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing today. Hi, I'm Lessa Gaudet, host of Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. 
I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric acid.